Welcome to another powerful message recorded live at Christ Encounter Ministries in Longobon. We trust that you'll be truly encouraged and blessed by this message. So family, we are in a teaching series, the beginning of the end, and we are in part five today. Now, I'm just going to, for the benefit of many people that have not heard any of the other teaching series, we're going to do a bit of a recap. And uh, don't stress if you've heard the first portion, I'm going to, by the Holy Spirit, add some more uh, meat in there for you. And if it's stuff that you've heard before and I've taught you already, just consider it as sharpening your sword. Amen? Because the scripture says faith comes by. And? Amen. You need to consistently fill yourself with faith. So the first scripture of the day is Matthew 24 verse 1. And we are teaching on the signs to the end, the beginning of the end. Matthew 24 verse 1, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came up to him to show him the buildings of the temple. The temple was an architectural masterpiece. It was incredible. It would glisten in the sun. It, had, it, it was a marvel of its time. Massive uh, stone blocks built this huge temple of God. And they were saying, look at this. Look at this temple, Jesus. Isn't this thing amazing? And Jesus says, do you not, do you see all the things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that will not be thrown down. And what's so interesting about this, this temple today, there's not one stone on top of the other. This was another one of Jesus' incredible prophecies that came to pass. And the reason was that this temple was filled with gold. The scripture says in 1 Kings that Solomon made 200 large shields of beaten gold. Wow, imagine that. 200 large shields of beaten gold. Plus another 300 shields of beaten gold. In those days, silver was, was almost worthless. And this temple was filled with gold. And when Rome plundered Jerusalem and burnt Jerusalem down, the gold in that temple melted and it fell in between all the cracks of all of the large stones and then all raiders and and people looking for this gold came and they took apart that temple completely, stone for stone. Not one stone is on the other. And so the next scripture, Matthew 24 verse, 30, uh, 24, verse 3. Later on, now as, the, as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? There is various ages in mankind And they were asking Jesus these very specific questions and very privately. They were just hanging out with Jesus on the Mount of Olives, just having a conversation and asking him. And in that scripture, they were saying, Lord, be specific, please, no parables. 
when, what, how. Amen? And so Matthew 24, verse 4, Jesus starts to elaborate. And that word signs, in the Greek, it refers to a sign. Like if you're traveling to Cape Town, and you see, for instance, Cape Town is 100 Ks, and then 80 Ks, and whatever. And these signs start to determine that you're getting close to your destination. Saying, what are the signs that's going to show us that we are getting close to when you are coming back and the end of the age. That end of the age refers to the age of the tribulation. The seven year tribulation. When the wrath of God is poured out upon this evil world. After he's coming and his bride has been raptured. Which we will discuss later. So Jesus says, take heed that no one deceives you. First thing, deception. And we've covered this in great detail. For many will come in my name saying, I am, listen to the terminology, the Christ. And will deceive, how many? Many. In the Greek, that's the word polis, which means the majority. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. And Jesus says, see that you are not troubled. Really? All these things must come to pass. And he makes the statement, but the end is not yet. Let's have a look at this. We'll break this down. The Merriam-Webster definition of deception says, causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. It is essentially believing with all of your heart that you are right about something, but you are 100% wrong. Amen. And this is very prevalent in the world today, family. Very, very prevalent. This deception is prevalent. Think about it for a minute. How many people have you met in your life where you've looked and said, listen, wake up. Open your eyes. Can't you see? Amen. Where people have belief systems or involved in something and you're like, you can see that these people are completely deceived, right? Have you met anyone like that? Amen. And very much of the time, these people are intelligent people. Amen. But they're 100% deceived. They believe they're 100% right, but they're 100% wrong. And many people will even die for those wrong beliefs. Amen. And you know, this begs the question. And I've had to ask myself this question. And I think we all need to consistently ask this question. Question, if we see so many intelligent people around us that are so deceived, is there a chance that we might be as well? Amen. Is there a chance that maybe something that we're believing in or something we're holding on to, is there a chance that we might also be deceived? Amen. In this time, if we are not paranoid about deception and we are not actively pursuing the truth, not sitting and thinking, you know, I know what I know and that's what I know and that's like a... Listen, if you are not actively, if you are not pursuing the truth, you're going to fall back into deception. Amen. Deception works upon a belief system. How does it work? By what you're being fed. If your only source of belief is what you watch on YouTube or what other people tell you, then there's a very good chance that you're deceived. 
Amen. We need to pursue the truth and the word of God is what will uncover the lies and bring the truth. John 8 verse 32. And you will know the truth. It's not the truth will set you free. You will first know the truth and then the truth will set you free. That word know in the Greek is the word ginosko. That talks about a deep, personal, intimate, and listen to this, complete knowledge. Because the word says, my people perish through lack of knowledge, Isaiah first, uh, 4 verse 6. But if you, if you don't know the whole truth, you can still be deceived. Good deception always has half truth. Amen. So it says that you need to know it completely. And that word free is the Greek word eletheiro, which means liberation. It refers directly to being enslaved. That's what the word says. You will know and get a complete understanding of the truth, the whole truth. And then you will be set free from being a slave. Slave to what? Deception and sin. Amen. You're 100% accurate there. And sin. You know, then we look at the scripture, Matthew 24, verse 5. And it says, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Now, I always thought to myself, because I'd heard this before, I thought, you know what? There's going to be Jesus Christ impersonators. Amen. You know, like those Elvis impersonators? They got the suit and the hair. And the, you know those guys? Do you guys? Are you guys there? You there? Do you guys know those Elvis guys? I always thought there's going to be like lots of Jesuses running around. Did you guys also think that? Just one of you. One honest person. Okay, just me and you. <laughs> so, you see, the thing is, what's very interesting is that word Christ in the Scripture is very specific because it doesn't say Jesus Christ. It says, I am the Christ. That word Christ in the, in the original Greek is the word Christos, which talks about the anointing. So what Jesus is saying, listen, there's not going to be lots of impersonators. They're not going to impersonate Jesus' character and his personality and what he looks like. They're going to impersonate the anointing. Amen. There's going to be preachers and pastors and evangelists and prophets that have no anointing. That are going to be standing in the office and deceiving many. And family, it's not very hard to pick up. Amen? Because the word is spirit. If the word is not preached and it doesn't cut you and it's not alive and it's not spirit, then it has no power behind it. Amen? So these are going to be impersonators of his anointing and they are nothing more than imposters. Matthew 24 verse 6. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet. So in the time of Jesus Christ, there was lots of wars. If you research history, there was, there was horrific wars. I mean, one day on the battlefield, like hundreds of thousands of people would die in hand-to-hand -hand combat. 
So what was Jesus speaking about? He's, because in those days, listen, if there's a war, there's a war. This country's against that country, that tribe's against that tribe, and, and that's kind of like a war. But Jesus said, no, there's a different category. There's going to be wars, and there's going to be rumors of wars. And in the last decade, now you've got to consider, this is 2,000 years ago. So in the last 1,900 years, everything has been pretty stable in terms of the wars. But in the last decade, this, oh, sorry, this last century, we have experienced the most violent century of mankind. And the wars have been escalating to such a point where now there is wars, but there's so many rumors of wars. If you just look at Africa, in, in Mozambique, in Nigeria, in Mali, in Ethiopia, uh, in all of these places, there is rumors of wars. Amen? You hear about these rumors of wars all around the world. Amen? So this was unique to this, to this time. And Jesus makes this statement, and he says, see that you are not troubled. Well, why does he do that? Why does he say, look, this is what's going to happen, but see that you're not troubled? Because Jesus was not telling us all of these things, like you sit around a campfire and you're telling some kind of a horror story to freak people out. Jesus was reassuring us and encouraging us, saying, listen, when you see these things going on, you need to know what's going on. It's like a doctor that gives you perhaps medication and he says, listen, you're going to take this pill, it's safe for you, but you know what? You might feel a bit drowsy, but it's okay. You might feel a bit shaky, don't stress about it. You might get a dry mouth, don't worry, everything is fine. So in the same way, Jesus was giving us these signs to reassure us and encourage us that everything is okay. John 16 verse 33 in the Amplified Classic I have told you these things, all of these things that Jesus is telling us, so that, now this is the critical part, in me. It's like there's a hurricane coming, destroying everything, and you step into the eye of the storm. Amen? The destruction is still there, but you are safe and secure in Christ, in the eye of the storm. And he says that you may have perfect peace and confidence in the world outside of Christ. You will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, be certain and undated that I have overcome the world. He says that I have deprived it of its power to harm you and I have conquered it for you. Family, this is really good news. As a child of God, secure in Christ, although there is tribulations and problems and stresses and everything, every single problem you encounter, Christ has already conquered it for you. That's so awesome. Christ has already deprived its power to harm you. Everything in the world, in Christ, you encounter has already been filtered. Amen? Now, this is not in the notes, but this is a really good scripture. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. He will not let you be tempted more than you can bear, child of God. 
But when you are tempted, when you get to the troubles and the situations, God will also give you a way to escape. So every problem you get to, guess what? You're going through. Amen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't camp there. Amen. So every problem, every challenge as a child of God in Christ, it can never defeat you. Doesn't mean you're not going to have problems, family. But like I taught you last week, your house will be the one standing. Amen. Matthew 24, verse 6. Sorry. Um, are we there? Matthew 24, verse 6. Okay. Let's... Matthew 24, verse 6. Okay. So Jesus said, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, and, and many coming in the, in the deception of Christ. And he says that when this happens, the end is not yet. Okay? So this era, this part in time where you start to experience the deception, where the wars and the rumors of wars are taking place, at that package, we are, that's a sign. Listen, we're getting close, but the end is not yet. You with me? So that's the first era. Now we move on. Matthew 24, verse 7. This is the next sign. Amen. He says, For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences. You shouldn't have done that. I was reading that now. I can't see anymore. And earthquakes in various places. And all these things are the beginning of sorrows. Second era. You with me? Getting close to the end. The end's not yet. Next era. We are now in the beginning of sorrows. Let's break it down. Nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Is Jesus still talking about the wars and rumors of wars? But to the untrained eye, it might seem that way. You guys are clever. I've been teaching you well. Amen. But Jesus is not talking about the, 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 the continuation of the wars. Because the, the word nation is the word. Come on, guys. What? Ethnos. Nation is the word ethnos. That's where we get the word ethnicity from. Amen. Kingdom against kingdom, that is the Greek word basilia. So Jesus is saying there's going to be wars, rumors of wars, deception. But when you get into the point where you start to see racial, cultural, tribal, Religious wars taking place all across the world. And when you start to see Basilia rising against Basilia, that's talking about political ideologies. When you start to see this changing and racism and black against white, Hutis against Tutsis, Chinese against uh, uh, the Uyghurs, the Shiites and the Wadats, the Muslims. Amen. Jesus says when you start to see this and the king and the, the political parties are used to be like very reserved. Now, listen, that's that's like when you watch that, that's like watching WWE wrestling, right? 
They're like, go mad in there. Amen. So Jesus says, when you start to see that, and then he, he mentions the word famines. Okay. So I always thought, well, you know, we're going to have a famine here. You know, no food. America, no food. The world's got no food. I mean, was I the only one that thought that? Was I? That's bad. <laughs> Some of you should be up here preaching then. Amen. So that word is the Greek word. I think it's limos. Let me just make sure. It's the Greek word limos. Yes, that word means destitution. Jesus said at that time, you're going to see race wars, political wars. You're going to start to see destitution on a global scale. That word destitution refers to people not being able to meet their needs, which leads to scarcity. Amen? Famines. That's what that word's talking about. Global poverty. Amen? Then we see pestilences. A definition of a pestilence is a contagious or an infectious epidemic disease that is virulent, virulent and devastating. Epidemic. Jesus is saying that the pestilence, which is an epidemic, it's not talking about a, uh, a disease here and a disease there and a few isolated cases. This is talking about an epidemic, which is actually a pandemic that is a widespread, contagious virulent disease that affects everyone. Do you think we can tick that off the list? I think so. Amen. But now what is so interesting in this package, when we look at the pestilences and the famines, and even the nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom, doesn't it seem like it's a package? Because the pestilences has brought upon the famines, it's brought upon a lot of racial tension. People are tense. They don't have money. Political warring. Amen. Let's just see if we can package this whole thing because then Jesus said there will be earthquakes in various places. That word earthquakes is the Greek word seismos. Does that ring any bells? Amen seismic activity so jesus is saying as we near the end as we are in the beginning of sorrows we will see increased seismic activity now i've done a bit of research on this and there's a research facility called our world in data they are based in oxford and university they gather data on world events and they provide information which they give to like the UN. They've got something called a Sustainable Development Goal for the year 2030. So they are like legitimate. Amen. They are not some YouTube blogger that does nothing, that goes nowhere, but just ha criticizes the churches and the people that are actually doing stuff. Amen. So if we look at the first graph, this is a graph of significant earthquakes. A significant earthquake is an earthquake that is 7.5 on the Richter scale or more. This is an earthquake that brings devastation, 
destruction and even tsunamis. What is interesting is this is taken from the time of Christ. This is not the last 10 years. This graph shows from the time of Christ, and I think we can clearly see that we have some seismic activity going on. Jesus prophesied this. He saw this. Amen? How can you dispute the facts? Amen? We look at the next graph which talks about worldwide natural disasters. Scripture says the earth is groaning. It's under pressure because of the sin of mankind, the, the inequity of, of mankind. And we can see this is just from the 1970s to 2019. And by the way, in 2020 and 2021, there has been multiple devastation. 2020, you've never seen floods like that anywhere ever before in history. You've never seen weather in 2020 with the hail and, uh, and the, the, the volcanic eruptions this year and the amount of seismic activity, it's off the charts. It's not even on you. Amen? So I pretty much think that we can put that all in the second package. We've seen the wars and rumors of wars, deception, most definitely. Now we are looking at all of these. We can definitely say that we're in that era. Do you agree with me? That era is known as the beginning of sorrows. The beginning of sorrows refers to the description or the definition as an intense, violent pain and suffering as in a woman giving birth. So Jesus says, when you see all of these signs, listen, that baby's about to come. Like that woman in the ER room, nails dug into her husband, breathing heavily, and that baby's coming, boy. Whether you like it or not. Amen? We are right in that era. Smack bam there. Amen? Let's go a little bit deeper. You guys want to go a little bit deeper? Okay. You're all still with me. Matthew 24 verse 9. Let's start look at the next era. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you'll be hated by all nations for my sake. That deliver talks about betrayal. People will be betrayed. They will be given up to tribulation, which talks about persecution, uh, serious troubles, and then even be killed. So we wonder, is this happening is this something that's going on? Well, there's a, a place called um, Open Doors USA, who is a Christian persecution watchdog. They monitor Christian persecution. And in the last 12 months, listen to this. For, now, this is documented. There's, there's prob this, this figure is probably double because there's so much that's not documented. This is documented and reported 
Christians dying for their faith, 4,761. That's 13 people a day. Mothers like you. Fathers like you. Grandparents, grandmothers, children. 13 people a day are being killed for their faith. Those are the ones that said, listen, I am not going to submit. You kill me. There's still multiples more who have converted or who have, have given in. Amen? Isn't that astounding? 4,488 churches attacked. Talking about proper attacks. That is also in the region of 13 a day. 4,277 believers who were arrested, uh, sent to, uh, uh, sentenced without any trial at all. Completely persecuted. So we might say, well, you know what? We don't see the persecution. So, you know, it's not really happening. Listen, it's very real to these people. To them, and they look at these scriptures, they're in it. We can just thank God that we are not. Amen? But you might say, well, okay, that's far away. Okay, I hear you. Let's go a little bit deeper. Let's look at, at China. China is the most populous country in the world. They've got 1.5 billion people. They are, at the moment, if not the or one of the most technologically advanced countries in the world. They've just developed artificial quantum intelligence, which I'll speak about later, that will blow you away. They've developed equipment in this last few months that can change weather. I kid you not. So they are a rising superpower. So they are an example. Amen? So let's just have a look at China. Now, in the last month or two, USA, the Netherlands, Canada, and now UK have openly passed bills in Parliament condemning China for genocide. What is genocide? This is the definition of genocide. The deliberate killing of a large number of people from a particular nation or ethnic group with the aim of destroying that nation or group. Wow. Sounds very much like the Holocaust. They've got what's documented 1.5 million Muslim Uyghurs, peaceful people, in concentration camps. They have literally, can you imagine the government coming, pulling you out, us Christians, rock up here, get into the trucks, you off to a concentration camp. They murder them, they rape them. They give forced abortions, forced sterilization. They use them for slave, la slave labor and they harvest their organs. They're doing this in the open. This is religious persecution. What stops them from persecuting the Christians? Maybe they already are. Let's look at the next slide. China is burning 
Bibles at mass. They are going around burning Bibles. They are burning the crosses on the churches, not one or two. They are persecuting Christians at an unbelievable way. You, they, I would be very surprised if they are not being killed at the moment. This is a superpower that is emerging. Isn't that shocking, family? Isn't that shocking? That's absolutely shocking. Now, we might say, well, Pastor Carl, okay. Yeah, well, China is still kind of a far way away. You know, mm, is it really going to affect us? Is it going to affect us, maybe? Well, <laughs> I'm almost at the end, family. Don't lose me now. Okay, you guys all still good? All still good. This is important stuff, family. In Australia, I mean, Australia is a wonderful place. Half of South Africa is there. I mean, <laughs> so in Australia now, in the, uh, recently there was a bill passed in the states of Victoria. The states of Victoria is one of the largest states in Australia. It's one of the three largest states. So they have passed a bill that's called the Change or Conversion Practices Prohibition Bill. So what happened here is the LGBTQT plus community, which represents lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer or questioning your sexuality, and the plus represents whatever else, but excludes natural order of man and woman. They have pushed a bill in a full-on attack against Christianity. And family, listen, don't take me wrong. I love the LGBTQT plus community. I do, family. I love every single one of them. I've got no problems with them. I come from a history where they were my friends. Amen. And we're we called to love them. There's, this is not, uh, I'm not taking a shot against this, but I'm giving you facts here. So this bill is now law. This bill prohibits Christians from ministering or praying for anyone in that description. Listen, even if they want it. If you do, you can get a $10,000 fine or 10 years imprisonment. I kid you not, family. I kid you not. They are persecuting the Christian beliefs. Amen. There is a demonic onslaught. Well, there's a, there's, a, there's a clause in that bill that says it prohibits a religious practice, a religious practice. That could be anything. Amen. But not limited to prayer-based practice or deliverance. So anything religious-based and prayer and deliverance, helping people that want help, is a crime. The last one before we go, let's just look at Genesis 1 verse 27. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. Amen. There's nothing wrong with recognizing God's creation, right? It's not discrimination if you believe in 
natural biological man and natural biological woman and that it's right for them to be married and have children. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen? Look, I, I, I get it that the church has been persecuting these people, which is wrong. Amen? So, there is a gender neutrality drive. No gender. Now in America, Biden recently passed a law that says it's the Gender Neutrality Act. Ten more minutes, guys. So you guys are getting restless. Just bear with me. I know it's a long message. That it's gender neutrality. What this means is men who identify themselves as women can compete in women's sports. And they are destroying these sportswomen's careers by absolutely tearing them apart. This also means that a biological man that identifies himself as a woman can freely use all of the women's facilities. Change rooms, showers, facilities. Amen. Consider for a moment you have a young daughter, 8 years old, 10 years old. You take her to the public bathroom, you wait outside, she goes in, and a man goes in. And if you try to prevent the natural order, you can get locked up. Amen. That's something strange, isn't it? This new equality bill forces churches to accept anyone that is beyond their belief system. So as a church, if we want to put an advert out to employ people and we get people that, who we love but that not, does not fall in line with the church ethos, we have to employ them. Amen. Doctors have to carry out against their own conscience and their own beliefs gender transformations. Pastors have to do ceremonial gay and lesbian marriages. Amen. That kind of looks like that's all in equality, but that kind of looks like persecution to the Christians. They have rights over our rights. Amen. We don't have free speech anymore. Amen. So family, if you think that the persecution is far off, it's not. It's here. It's happening. It's right at the door, family. It's right at the door. We are smack bam in the end times. And that concludes for today's message. And we will go into depth to the next package and I'll show you that we are in fact in the next era family as we close quickly can everybody just uh, bow their heads and close their eyes I just want to give you an opportunity maybe you've come here today and you've experienced the presence of God you've experienced something that you're not used to and, 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 and you just sense in your heart hang on a second I want to make right with God the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will bear witness in your heart that you are a child of God and so I'm going to ask you this quick question and you listen to your heart. And I'm going to ask you if you had to die today, are you sure that you're going to go to heaven? Because as a Christian, you have to be 100% confident that you are and will. If you cannot say that with absolute confidence, then I want to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. Romans 10 verse 9, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead you will be saved that's the first step 
I'm not going to drag this out. We've been sitting long enough. But I'm going to ask you at the count of three just to raise up your hand. No one's looking around. No one's watching. You might say, Pastor Carl, is that important? Absolutely. Jesus said, if you will not acknowledge me before men, I will not acknowledge you before the Father. You have to make a stand for Jesus. Scripture says, behold, I'm knocking at your door. Let me in. Many of you might be feeling in your hearts at the moment, hey, I'm not right with God. I need to make right. I want a fresh start. I want a new beginning. I want Jesus in my heart. I want to be sure that when I die, I'm going to heaven. So at the count of three, no one looking, raise your hands. One, two, three, up. There we go. Hands going up. Up. In Jesus' name. If you feel it, don't miss this opportunity. Raise your hands in Jesus' name. Hands going up everywhere. Okay. Put your hands down at the... Put your hands down. Now, we're going to pray this prayer, but you pray to God. If you're serious about God, He is serious about you. He will touch you in your chair, right where you are sitting, and you will be born again and a child of God. And I'm going to ask everyone to pray this prayer for the benefit of those who raise their hands. Let them feel comfortable, family. But now pray this with all your heart. Mean it from your heart. If you sense Jesus knocking on that door, let's open up that door. Let's let him in. Everybody pray. Say, Father, today I hear you calling. I make a decision to make Jesus my Lord. I open the door of my heart and I say, Jesus, welcome home fill me with you Jesus I believe in you Jesus you are my Lord Jesus please forgive me for all my sins wash me cleanse me make me brand new I give my life to you Jesus fill me with your peace your love let me know that you are real in Jesus name Amen we trust that you are truly blessed and encouraged by this message if you would like to find out more about Christ Encounter Ministries in Longabon please feel free to check out our website at christencounter.co.za